I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Presented by Papa John's, here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to another edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. Week 15 now in the NFL, only three weeks left in the 2010 regular season, and that means we've got to step up our game on this podcast as well. So we've got uh, maybe the best lineup we've ever had here on the podcast. Mark Wahlberg is going to join us, the producer and actor of The Fighter, which was nominated Tuesday for six Golden Globes, including one for Mark as best actor in Mark's TV show on HBO, or one of the three. He's got Entourage. He's also got In Treatment. And the newest one, Boardwalk Empire, was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Drama as well. And Mark is going to join us here on the podcast as his New England Patriots are tearing everybody apart, taking clear first place in the AFC as well as perhaps the mantle of the team to beat in the entire National Football League with three weeks to go. John Legend, the Grammy Award winning musician with a an album out called Wake Up, a, a collaboration with The Roots, Jimmy Fallon's house band. Wake Up is out there on iTunes and music stores everywhere. Perfect stocking stuffer for you as this uh, time of year. John's a big football fan. He will phone into the Rich Eisen podcast as well. The Worm returns after his bye week. A couple of young kids came in here last week and really did yeoman's work uh, in place of the worm. Kara Henderson will also join us as we bat around the hot topics in the National Football League. But let's get to our first guest fresh off the Monday Night Football gridiron. He is one of the best ball hawkers of his entire generation. He is the man holding down the fort in that secondary for the 9-4 and four Baltimore Ravens, still very much in the hunt for the AFC North and a bye week in this year's playoffs. He's none other than Ed Reed. How are you, Ed? Oh, good, Rich. Good. Now, you, you, you and I are cool, right? You and I were fine? Always. Always, Rich. Because <laughs> I heard you thought that I wasn't cool with you because of, you know, something you said to me at the Pro Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, man, back in the day at the Pro Bowl a couple years ago. No, I can't remember exactly what oh, it was. I remember. Had I remember. On, like a tight shirt or something. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember. We're, we're, we're at the, the Iolani uh, pool bar. Yeah. Which is where, you know, everyone hangs out. It's the hangout. Right. And, right. you know, Peyton Manning's the mayor at that spot, as we all know. And, Pretty much. <laughs> and you're there, too. And I come down with a shirt that you thought was, was too tight on me. <laughs> And you said to me, you remember what you said to me? You don't remember what you said to me? I remember exactly. It was in front of all of my colleagues and in front of all your friends. You asked me if the size of the shirt I was wearing was medium. (laughs) (laughs) If I was wearing a size medium. And I looked at you and I looked at you. I'm like, Ed, why would you play me like that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, boy, Rich, man. (laughs) And then you, 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 you being the nice guy that you are, thought that I was being serious, and you really thought that I, that you and I had a problem. And part of the reason why I'm having you on the podcast is to let everybody know internationally, this thing goes international, that you and I are cool. Right on, right on. That's right. But it was a I knew we were cool. Right, okay, man. But it was a size large, Ed. Okay, for the record, it was a, it was a large. <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? How are you feeling here uh, in week 15 of the season? 
How you doing? I'm in a, I'm in the training room as we speak right now, but um, I feel all right. You know, I think I kind of hit a little little stalemate last night. You know, for a little like my rookie year, almost making a lot of little mistakes and little discipline stuff, but that could be corrected. But um, physically, feeling all right. You know, got some minor stuff, but that's the season for you. So you're currently sitting in the trainer's room as we speak, what you're saying. Yeah, I'm laying on the trainer room table right now doing this um, H-Wave. Uh, Reggie Wayne recommended to me uh, what trainers have and uh, just sitting there getting treatment. Right next to Todd, he putting some um, oh. mayonnaise on his hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise, a little Hellman's treatment on the, on the hand? Yeah, the miracle whip. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get back. That's a little joke we got, but yeah, me and Todd in here just getting treatment. And we got in about five last night, Rich, so got of tired, man. I bet, but at least you came up with the W. What what did happen last night in Houston? Uh, in, in that second I mean, half? you know, we knew those guys were going to fight hard, and we knew that the offense was very explosive. You know, we, we jumped, great thing, we jumped out offensively, got it rolling, you know, early, um, out third quarter, you know, um, David Reed came out and returned that kick. That was huge, you know. And uh, you know those guys kept fighting. You know, I gave a touchdown before the half, so that gave them some momentum going in, you know, to come out and try to get a stop, get a score, you know, to get themselves back on track. And um, you know they, you know they kind of just kept fighting, man. And like I said um, earlier in the in the week, you know those guys, those guys have a playbook for days. You know they have a playbook for days. And with Andre Johnson, you know, and Jacory. Um, to Kobe over there, man. They, they, those guys are very explosive. So we knew they was going to fight. You know, we knew it was going to be tough. And anytime defense is playing eighty plays, man, this is going to be a long night. Well, you know, you've heard obviously what people say about the Ravens, which is, you know, the offense uh, could be championship quality. And Flacco is a young guy, but he's definitely moving forward. Ray Rice is a beast. Bolden is equally so. But that's secondary. Everybody always says, but the secondary. What do you say in response mm-hmm. to something like that, Ed Reed? Well, you know, it's, it's all about getting the W at the end of the day. That's the only stat that counts. Not, you know, I mean, you want to be perfect and not give up yards and not give up touchdowns. But, you know, this league nowadays is, you know, it's so offensive oriented. And, um, you know, I mean, guys are professionals. You know, every team is pretty much good on any given Sunday. You just never know what you're going to get. You know, some teams come out and give you that championship effort. You know, so, I mean, if we can keep continue to win and put ourselves in the playoffs at the end of the day, you know, they can say what they want to say about the secondary. You know, we're getting better, you know, but every dog has his day. And does that mean you're calling the Texans dogs, Ed? Is that what you just said? Did you just call the Texans Wait. dogs? Because that could be an exclusive <laughs> to the podcast right here, man. <laughs> I wouldn't say that because I, I know Andre Johnson personally, and I know he, I know you got his boxing gloves. You know that he work on so. But, nah. <laughs> what'd you, nah, think, what'd you think of that? What'd you think of that fight, Ed? Would you give it you two more points? Man, that, was, that 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 was interesting, man. Because I know Andre personally, you know, and you know we went to school together, and I know his you know whole demeanor, his attitude, everything. So it, it takes a lot to get Andre to 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 even get mad. You know, so something had to have been done, you know, prior or, or said during the game. The guy I saw the guy grab his helmet, and he actually looked like he swung first, 
you know, with, with Dre's helmet still on. So I can see what, you know, provoked Dre and kind of got him off, you know, off his cool or whatnot. But, you know, that's not Andre. You know, I think the league knows, and that was the reason why they, they went forward the way they, you know, had the thing as far as the fine and everything. Yeah, with no suspensions. The, you, now you got the Saints this weekend. What a huge game this is for both teams. Yeah. Both teams are currently in the wild card position in the five seed in their respective conferences. What are the challenges you face uh, from your position with Drew Brees on the other side of the football? Well, coming off of last night, it's going to be a discipline thing, you know, an eye-discipline thing. You know, I, I, I found out last night Mike Sharp ain't so shabby after all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, if you look at, you know, just, just in my eyes, you know, I was really in the backfield a whole lot, you know, looking at quarterback, seeing what he was doing, making sure I keep my eyes, pretty much trying to keep my eyes on everybody, and that's that's not the way to play the game. You know, so, I mean, with Drew Brees coming in and that explosive offense, man, knowing that they pass the ball just like these guys, you know, last night, you know, threw the ball 62 times, you know, so it, it posed another challenge for the secondary. You know, me personally, like I said, I got to be disciplined, but, you know, just make sure we doing the things that we do, you know, being on the same page and, you know, now that we got guys outside of ourselves making plays, you know, it shoot. You can throw it all you want to. Somebody's going to make a play, you know, whether it's Josh, you know, whether it's um, um, DeJuan Landry, you know, or, or Webb, you know, Chris Carr making a play. So somebody's going to make a play. So it's not just me you have to worry about, you know. So our secondary definitely is improving and getting better. But this is this is a great challenge that we knew was coming, you know, so we, we should be ready. How much film study are you going to be doing this week? I mean, I, I just I, I guess that's that's a, a, a fair way to put it because you must do film study all the time. How much film study do you do week to week? I'd love to get inside your preparation as you get set to try and uh, prepare for a big-time quarterback in a big game like this. Yeah. Honestly, Richie, you know, it varies from week to week, you know, depending on you know our scheme and how we try to approach things. Lately, honestly, all, it's, it's all a bit it's, – it's been all about – us knowing what we got to do from a secondary standpoint, you know, and that's communication, being on the same page. If we can do that and, and read our keys and, you know, assignment, alignment, technique, you know, pl- play all three of those things before the snap start, you know, we'll be all right. You know, and I think that's the reason why we've had our success, you know, in the past. And, you know, that's why we continue that and won that game last night early, you know, um, with, with doing the things that we were doing, you know, so, I mean, this week is going to be interesting because, you know, uh, last night, you know, was long and, you know, we're tired now. So that's going to be mental preparation is going to be more this week than any other week because of, you know, it's like playing a Thursday night game, you know, in a short short week or so, you know, NFL Network, you know, so you got to be smart about what you're doing. You know, so definitely watch more film this week. Thanks for dropping our name into your into your answer there, Ed. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thursday you know, yeah. night football. I appreciate you saying We're always on the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> now, here at the NFLN on Sundays when we're watching your games, Dion, I'm always sitting. To, Dion's to my left uh, every single week. Every time you pick a ball off, he stands up and screams two words, pitch it. Every time. <laughs> pitch it. I'm trying to get out of that, man. But why do you, it seems like that. you always do that, Ed. You're always yeah. pitching it. Why? I gotta get out that mentality because you know we have we have an explosive offense, you know, and that's been, you know, you trying to score, you know, and you preaching that, preaching that, you know, defense score, defense score, you know, and got an offensive mentality when I get that ball, you know, and if it's if it's a smart pitch like the last one, Rich, 
you know, I would do it. You know, but honestly, I'm trying to get out of that and be more smart about the ball with my hand and, you know, try to get my hands on myself now. But what comes over you? Um, you know, it's just an instinctive thing. You know, I played basketball. I watched Magic Johnson growing up, you know, Michael Jordan, those guys. You know, so, you know, big Chris Paul fan and, you know, watching those guys dish the ball out. Man. You got to be smart about what you're doing, but it's a good, it's a good pass. You know, you can make it. <laughs> so, so you're looking for the assist while you're out there? Is that what you're saying? You're looking for more assists? Yeah, like I'm like uh, Rondo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're going for the triple-double after you pick it you off. Know? I see what you're trying to do. Hey, what do you do? Pick the pitch and the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your mentality? I want the pulse check on the career now, Ed, because last year you scared a lot of us talking retirement yeah. right after the season. What what what's the pulse check right now? I mean, it was tough, you know, and this 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 year still going through rich, honestly, after having surgery, not knowing what my leg is going to be after the season. I just want to assess that, and you know, I still got to look into my next situation. So it was a lot. It was a lot to think about, honestly. But, you know, from my standpoint, I want to play as long as I can. You know, I want to keep this thing going. I mean, these guys are out here, man, who call me in the off season and, you know, just embrace it when you get back, you know, encourage you when you're working out on a pup and everything, man. It it, it brings something else out of you, you know, kind of like getting back into the league all over again. You know, so, I mean, I plan to be playing, you know, until the Ravens kick me out of here. Uh, you know, it's time for me to go. All right. Now, before I let you go, I got to get this story out of you because it's one of my favorite stories I've ever heard at the Pro Bowl. And I think you know where I'm going with this with Reggie Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell you got to tell the story. You were Reggie Wayne's roommate. You were roommates at the U, right? Yeah. Okay. Were. Now, please tell the story when Reggie went away and asked you to care for his pet snake. Please do this story for me, Ed. I got to say this before I talk about it because me and Reggie said that we're not doing this anymore. Oh, is that right? That we're not. Yeah. Yeah. After last year, he said we're not talking about Why? the snake anymore. Every time we play each other, Never, it, it never fails. The story comes up. The snake. <laughs> so can you make one last exception for me? Reggie will understand. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah, Reggie last yeah, week. Reggie will understand. <laughs> definitely, I got you. Okay. But, um, okay, so Reg goes to then he gets drafted by the coach. Um, my senior, I stay in college for my fifth year. Mm-hmm. And um, he asked me, he's like, man, look, I can't fly on a plane. Can you hold and watch the law for me? That's Which the name of the snake. snake. Okay, Law's, yeah. the snake's name is Law. Yeah, okay. pet Burmese. I want to say it's a Burmese python or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. <laughs> I don't like snakes. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a bag of potato chips, python. I don't care. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Why is a snake in the house? Why you got to get a snake? But you want me to watch it while you're gone. Now, this is all the things, Reggie, you know. So, okay, I'm cool. I'm watching the snake. What happened was the pet store closed down. Mm-hmm. So now I got to find another pet store. It took it takes me a good month and a half, Rich. I mean, I'm a college student, senior year. <laughs> <laughs> senior year, I graduated. You know, I only got one class. I'm all football. I'm trying to win the national championship. Uh-huh. I'm never really I'm never really at the apartment. Snake. The snake, I come in there with, like, a little, um, like, I had, like, some little, you know, baby mice or whatnot, right, for them to eat. I put them in there, put them in a tank, 
and they just crawling around. I mean, he's basically just in there shaking his hand. I'm like, you got to eat something. <laughs> he's not eating, not drinking any water. Oh, no. Yeah, a couple of days go by. I had to move to another apartment. I brought the snake with me. He's not moving much. Really not at all. I think the snake is dead. Uh, I open up the tank, let him out. Snake not moving. So I, co- <laughs> I text Red. Text Red like, Red got some news for you, man. Bad news. Long dead. <laughs> he texted. He called me like, what happened, man? What happened? So I had to tell him the whole story. Like, you know, he got over it pretty quick. I asked that he wanted another snake. You know, by that time, Reg had a son, you know, and now he has another little son. So he's not, yeah. he's not into That's that anymore. That's not snake worthy, no. Yeah, yeah he's he, not into it anymore. And Reggie, was, <laughs> when you told this story at the Pro Bowl, Reggie was standing next to you, too. And he, yeah. he said that it was a two-word text from you. That's it. Yeah. Two words. Law dead. Law dead. dead. Law <laughs> dead. <laughs> A two-word text. Man, you, could, you couldn't pick up the phone and tell a man that his snake is dead under your watch? You couldn't even pick up the phone? I think, you know what? I told him right then and there when I saw it. So I think he probably was in meetings. He probably was at work, you know, NFL <laughs> life. I didn't know anything about it back there, Rich. <laughs> I had to tell him, man. Oh, man. That's classic. Yeah, All right, and that's going to be the last. That's it. That's it. That's the last telling that's of the it. story. That's the last telling no of the story. More. Okay. No more stories about law, man. He rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, I appreciate you taking the time. You're still on the training table, huh? You're still getting treatment? Yeah. Yeah. I'm how about, right how about Heap? Is Heap there still? He, you know what? It'd be amazing how quick that guy leaves, man. He is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, I think he's going to work out or something. All right. Thanks for taking the time. Good luck against the Saints, and I hope to speak to you again down the road, man. Definitely, Rich, man. You have a good one. You're the best. That's Ed Reed joining us on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Ed Reed, everybody. The one and only Ed Reed. It's not time to talk hot topics. Did you talk about the weather with him? Remember, he used to be one of our weather correspondents. Oh, yeah. Long time ago. Way back when Ravens Cam was first fired up on our first year, we had Ed Reed as uh, as the weatherman in a in a snowstorm telling us what what the weather was going to be like for the upcoming Ravens. This is Ed Reed reporting from... Baltimore. This is it, it Reed. Cold. Well, it took him like 10 takes, so he oh, showed yeah. all the outtakes. That's the dulcet tones of uh, Jason Wormser, senior producer, NFL Network, returning after his bye week last it was, week. It was a good bye week. It was very, very relaxing, very refreshing. You come back, you come back better than ever. Oh, of course. Even though, you know, uh, you were almost Wally pipped by the two young that kids that we they, had here last week. That's what the word had on Twitter, etc. But. You're almost Wally pipped, but you're uh, back. You're back. The experience and the overall anger. Supersedes nine-year-olds. What do you mean? Your experience and your bitterness and your sure. overwhelming? Yeah. Kara Henderson back on the Rich Eisen podcast. I had a bye well. week too. Yeah, you did. That's right. You were I supposed, was supposed to... to go to Minnesota, and I went to the airport. Not so much. So I had to stay here where it was eighty degrees, and then I got to go in and and actually see Worm watching the early game. Well, which was which, which here's, is an experience in another. Here's itself. the thing. Here's the thing: is that it would have been better if there was a Giants game on. But if there was a Giants game on, you wouldn't have been there anyway. You'd have been at the Giants game. Correct. And is it weird that I'm almost sad that I didn't get to go see something not happen? Right. I can't even follow that. It wasn't sad. I wouldn't want to be there. It was 80 below zero. There's snow in the field. In Minnesota. Oh, In Minnesota. But I'm what talking about what eventually ended up happening in I, I thought last night was dreadful. 
the, mon- really the Monday night was, uh, Giants Vikings game. Bad. It was just well. I mean, sad. what are you going to expect, man? I mean, it's it it's was... it's a home crowd for neither team, basically. Uh, I don't know. I got somebody tweeting me wondering what they used to remove the Lions logo and painted Lions letters in each end zone to put the Vikings logo on the field. Did you see that? I saw that. that we saw a... that we on around the league yesterday. We sh- we had video of the guy. Like what was it? it? Do we know what it was? Was it I don't know Folex? What... I think, you know, the, the thing that you spray to get the stains out of carpet. I Maybe think that's it might what it be. was. Uh, what you do is you spray it, and then you take a little wet towel, you dab, mm-hmm. you dab, and it removes. Yes. Maybe they use Folex. Is, it, it, that's, is that the old, um, the Billy Mays thing? The old Oxy, no, I don't know. Oxy that, thing? The ox, no, that's OxyClean. Oxy Maybe they OxyCleaned it. Yes. I don't know. And then they... they... <laughs> <laughs> and then they, then they got all the water up with a ShamWow. Yes, yes, of course. The ShamWow is awesome. It is awesome. Maybe that's what they did. I, I don't know. I should have bought one. I don't know why I never went to I think you could still get one. God, I love it's avail- but it's not available in stores last night. No, oh, really? I don't know. <laughs> it's a Walgreens. But if you order now, Jason Worms, yes. you get a free Popeye's. <laughs> As well. Yes. Um, so you didn't go to that Vikings Giants game. I did not. And you were not pleased with the results. I mean, Eli looked uh, off, but you have to expect the Giants had to be off. I mean, they both looked like they were sleepwalking. It was, it both looked like they were sleepwalking. It was one of those games that all I cared about was getting was getting out of there healthy, and they didn't get out of there healthy. They, you know, who knows about Steve Smith now? Who knows about Manningham? Nix. Who knows? Uh, Nix. Well, Nix was okay. Nix actually came back after he kind of stretched his. His, but that, listen, his, I, his, I have, I, uh, one of the guys I went to high school with, uh, Richie, my buddy Richie that you've met before, Kara, he, he is a doctor, and mm-hmm. he told me that that leg compartment syndrome thing, sure. that he had, that's some serious stuff. Yeah, it was a serious surgery. You could lose your leg if you don't get to that was injury in time. Was he playing with stitches still in there? Who knows? I mean, so that I don't know. Like, I don't know what 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 his readiness is going to be like. Oh, you know what? For the way Eli's playing, they should just run the damn wishbone. They're better off. I'm serious. It's absurd. He is absurd right now. 19 picks. He has got to play better football. That's what Jimmy Johnson yeah, said tell you, in the halftime. I'm not joking. I, I, I bet you, you take any of our analysts. If they all said, let's just put the teams out there right now. The only way the Giants don't get through and, and maybe even win the whole thing in the NFC is 10. They're great defensively. Their front seven's amazing. Their back four playing very good. Thomas is killing people back there. They're running the ball well. Their mm. offensive line has incredible depth. Look, they've, they've got they've played with half a line the whole for the last two months. So, are you suggesting ten Gi- is going to have to play better football? Are you suggesting win. a Giants team that is has a specialty in knocking quarterbacks out of games should knock their own quarterback out? I'm not, I don't know. All I know is that he better get his, his stuff together because he'll be the reason that they don't get through. Playing devil's advocate, if they've been as injured as they have, I was talking to, when I thought I was going to be covering this game, I talked to Justin Tuck, who mm-hmm. said that they were going to knock another quarterback out, which apparently they did. But I was also talking to Eli, and the thing he was most excited about, having all of those weapons back, was that they didn't have to have guys doing things that they weren't used to doing. Sure. So, for example, Mario Manningham wasn't going to have to play the Steve Smith role that Steve Smith had been playing for three years. So that all the pieces were out sure. of place. And everybody, of course, is going to blame the quarterback. But it's all about accuracy, too. It's just so inaccurate right now. It's it's. And yet they're they've won nine of their first thirteen. I know they're. I mean, and and this what a big game this is this well, week. This is it. This is everything. This is for because the Giants went out. They went. They are. They they're guaranteed the two seed. Yeah, well, winning out. So is do you tough, think they though, knock I mean. out number seven? I mean, number seven quarterback. That'd be good. Ah, like the, the, the symmetry. symmetry. The symmetry. symmetry. That you, that's usually something you do. Symmetry is good. The, I, I like symmetry. 
But you always remind me that whenever I use ironic, it, it, it's incorrect. Coincidental. Usually it's coincidental. That's, that's your big pet peeve, right, in, in sports? There, in are, there, are, there are several, mm-hmm. and that is one of them. Mm-hmm. People who think something that's coincidental is ironic. Like Alanis Morissette, most of that song, actually just coincidence. Who? Not ironic. <laughs> So they should change Listen, her song to Isn't It Coincidental? Is, yeah, it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. No, it's too it. many syllables. You can't rhyme with coincidental. Maybe I'll ask that, you know, of, of John Legend in a couple minutes. Any angry Canadian gals singing for the early You're not up for any? Not for that. Not for me. So, 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 so no Sarah McLaughlin for you either? She's very she's very sad. All her songs are sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You don't want to be sad. You're a worm. You're, you're, you're bitter you're enough. Worm. You can't. Sad yeah. and bitter is no good. I'm, I'm a worm. big Casey Kasem fan. You know, keep, you know, very positive. It always, it always lift me up. You, I love that the on the weekends. You have, you have heard his, his profane outtakes, right? Oh, the greatest about ever. The, the, play, dog. About the, the dog. The dog. Well, he was upset about the... Snuggles a dog. He was always upset about... You've, have you heard this, Ken? Oh, fantastic. Oh, fantastic. About playing... You, you, gotta, you, gotta, you can't play an upbeat record. He's doing, an, he's doing a, a long-distance dedication about the death of, of some of Snuggles, a dog, right? Snuggles a dog. Ah, classic. The best. So what's going to happen in uh, in the new Meadowlands with Vic? Because Vic, Vic, again, I mean, Vic and Deshaun Jackson could be one of the most dynamic quarterback receiver tandem we've seen in a very and long how time. small are they i mean deshaun jackson i was interviewing him a couple weeks ago when our game i am bigger than he is yeah. and, and it's and, amazing and Vic is, is might be 175 might be no he's a little bit bigger than that i mean because I, I i you know i was next to him at right. the same game and you interviewed deshaun jackson where you by the way you hit every single hot topic with him in a span of three minutes you know what happened That's last what we do. I know you were like what happened last week with you and Andy Reid what's going on with your contract at any rate uh Vic Vic is very slight he is a very he's he's definitely not 6 feet that's for sure and now here comes uh the teams that the knocked out Romo and Cutler and it, it all it all gets Sean it comes Hill. down they're, they're not going to really you know the Eagles are going to score points mm-hmm. they are going to score they're going to score 20 plus uh it's all about 10 it's turnovers it's little th- it's really who can make, who can just hold on to the ball mm-hmm. and make the play? Oh, that game was a fourth quarter game, even though the Giants played really poorly in the first half of the right. game in Philly. They took the lead, but they just didn't make a play in the fourth quarter. Literally, literally we'll come down to three or two or three plays. In the yeah, but quarter. here's the question now, as we are now entering Week 15. Uh, great game, obviously, with that. We just spoke with Ed Reed about the Saints and uh, the Ravens. Mm-hmm. The Saints are 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 ten and three now. By the way, they matched the '98 Packers as the only defending Super Bowl champions in the Super Bowl era to follow up a Super Bowl win in their title defense with a 9-3 and record. Now they're 10-3. and hmm. And Atlanta is still a game in front, and that's a big game in Week 16. I can't wait. I'm going to that You're game. You're going to go to that I'll game. I'm so excited. And the Steelers. Mm-hmm. They're the two seed, right? Mm-hmm. The question is with all that stuff, with the Giants-Eagles, is it all a moot point because of the way the Patriots are playing now? No. Not. Giants proved that 2007 season. Of course not. Of course not. I was never, I will say this, I was never afraid of that that game. Ever. At any point was I afraid. Of what? The Super Bowl? Of the Super Bowl. Well, well, you you were playing with house money just being there. I know. uh, They almost beat them at the end of the season, too. On the NFL Network. Yes. And I was on the field for that game, and I knew right then and there, I said, this team can beat but that's the best they can take. But that's, that's 2007. It's 2000. Oh, that was 2007, and I know that but that you know team what? was undefeated. But in thing. terms of what Hold the on. rest of the competition looks like right now, and what the Patriots have done in back-to-back weeks, I mean, they are not just beating people; they are ripping out hearts and showing it to the other sideline, pumping and saying, "There is no chance for you this year. Just wrap it up." And then you saw what the Jets did last week against the Dolphins. Holy smokes! 
Okay. And now the Bears are going to have to follow up after that performance at home in the snowstorm. I mean, on this field where they're supposed to know your field. We heard that all week. Lovey Smith had this great speech on Saturday night. They were raving about it, that, that, that Bears were telling everybody that tears were in their eyes. And then Tom Brady comes to town. And Sarah McLaughlin was probably playing music in that <laughs> after the game. I think that was what it's just in. So, so what do you think of this subject? Is it you know, over? Just, is it over? No, no. You know, it's funny. I've, I've covered the Patriots for so many years because I lived in New England, and this is the one year that I've actually never been to a Patriots game, which is ironic. That is ironic. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Is it not? To it's, have covered 27 teams in the league and not covered the one team that you covered for seven Don't you years. think? Ironic. Don't you think? Don't you think? So it is I like rain on your I wedding day. This is, this is such an interesting season because when you talk to certain coaches, players, GMs, and there are certain teams like the Falcons, like the Saints, that are flying, quote-unquote, under the radar. Like Sean Payton will say, this, this team, we're flying under the radar, and mm -hmm. they love it. They love it. So I, I think there are teams that are doing... This is the year that the teams that are kind of flying under the radar might kind of float out towards the end. And the Patriots, I don't know what it is. I, you know, I mean, it, you know what it is. They, they're well coached. And so by this point of every season, they may flounder at the beginning. They may almost lose to the Bills like they did last year at the beginning of the season. They may all, they always almost lose these games at the beginning of the season. You're like, what in the world? Come December, a well-coached team with a great quarterback is going to play well. And that's what they have. And Ben Jarvis is running the ball, too. I mean, it's not just that Woodhead and and that defense is making great plays. I know McCourty didn't uh, emerge from that game healthy. But, uh, I, I mean, Brady, since appearing on this podcast, 81 to 10 winners. Back-to-back -back weeks he is in combined against two nine-win teams. He's playing his best ball ever. Ever. And, and, but you said 2007. You just brought up 2007. But he, I think he's playing better now than yeah. he was in 07. He doesn't have the numbers touchdowns-wise. Well, they also came up with a scheme like a, like the Rams did in 99, which no one really could figure out. Who, the Giants? No, no. What? The Patriots. Patriots did. Offensively, okay. a, a scheme that was kind of like newfangled. No I one would know, figure, around, figure, figure it out. They're very good. They're very good. But they're, when you have a young team and getting a, a taste of the playoffs and the pressure mm. and the little things and, mm. the, and the other team focusing everything all their energies onto that game, okay? And they will find your weakness. That's what the playoffs are about. When the other coach is trying to find your weakness and they will keep, like, nabbing away at a scab. I'll tell you what, man. Someone's going to have to find that weakness in Foxborough. Now, I know the Ravens did that last year in yep. the playoffs, but this is a, this is a better team, no, no Patriots, doubt. this year no than, than last year. Well, it was Patriots a team that lost team. Welker, too. That was a crusher. Yeah. That was a crusher, too. So if they stay healthy, uh, you know, and then this week they've got the Packers on Sunday Night Football. And um, depends on if they have if they have a quarterback or not. Boy, Rogers doesn't play. What a huge loss for the Packers. And and the team that benefits most from that, um, the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Because if the Eagles should fall out of the NFC East lead this weekend uh, against the G-Men, then the Eagles would be sitting there potentially with the Packers breathing down their neck, and the Packers, if you recall, are the ones who ushered in the Michael Vick era back right. in Week One. But if they end up in the tie, remember that that the that Green Bay won that game, so Eagles right. out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, and then the Giants play the Packers too mm -hmm. in Week 16. Mm -hmm. I love the way they've done the schedule this year. Isn't it awesome? It is great that these games are coming down. Nobody's resting anybody. But the Packers have the Patriots, Giants, Bears <laughs> over the last three weeks. <clears throat> That's right. And the Bucks might sneak in too. Don't sleep on the Bucks, Detroit, everybody. Seattle and at New Orleans. 
the last three. Now, you were, because you weren't uh, at the game in Minneapolis and you were here watching games with us, in our five years of watching games on the set, okay, and we watched the first two years in a conference mm-hmm. room, that Bucks Redskins <laughs> game <laughs> may have Ridiculous. been the best ending for everybody to just go crazy ape in our studio. Because of the whole scenario where there may or may not have been a fifth down, and we thought the game was over, and it wasn't. You, and did, then they... did, you did have a premature celebration. We did. You did. Not we. You. Well, I you mean. You did stand up. Well, the whole thing is because. finger at Andy Gregg, who is one of our producers that you were trying to put down in the Well, in because the standings, we, we, do, we, right? do, we do pick games uh, straight up, as we do here on NFL Network, uh, off camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, me, Dion, Mariucci. Uh, are all in this pool, along with uh, producer Andy Gregg, producer Barty Ashiraeus, who's been on this program, producer Mike Mirano, who's been on this program, and Chris Wirtz, who I'm trying to get on this program once he gets off the golf course with Andy Gregg. Yes. Uh, I'm up in that competition. We have every week a, comp- a game that counts for two in the standings. That was this one. That was this one. I chose the Bucks. I did, too. You did, too. And, and uh, Prime. Chose the Redskins. Mm-hmm. And he and Andy Gregg also chose the Redskins. They're the ones closest to me. You're correct. I thought it was over, and I did my <laughs> I did my thumbs thumbs and the point and, then, and the point no 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 it's up it's on the stage, thumbs it's thumbs it's stage. thumbs and guns you make the gun notion <laughs> first give the two thumbs up and then the two guns then thumbs a, and guns then there was a fifth down and they scored and the place and then, just go oh, Andy and then Andy goes crazy he goes watch him miss the extra he, point Andy Gregg who's a big time Redskins fan says watch they will miss the extra point <laughs> but the ironic thing was or coincidental <laughs> no, I, ironic I guess this would be oh. he said that. Ten minutes before they, this whole thing even happened, yeah. they're going to miss an extra point to yeah. lose things. It's neither ironic Graham or coincidental. It's freaky that he saw that coming. God, but that's what happens cool. to diehard fans. You know your team better You're, than others. That's right. Deep down, that's you know right. the DNA that's there. You know, and that's and why it's usually the negative, right? It's usually of course the it is the negative, which you know all about. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, yes. Let's, now you have uh, a freaky playoff scenario you want to give, right? Hold yes. on, not I yet. Mean, before, 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 no, because John Legend's waiting. This is me previewing that there's going to be another segment with you two guys before we get to Mark Wahlberg and after we get to John. Because I do have the information as to why Maurice Jones Drew hasn't done your touchdown. You do not. I do. From straight from who? Who do you have this from? Interview? Him, of course. We're, we're so you've spoken again. to Maurice Jones Drew. I've texted with him. Okay, and he has informed you as to why. Yes. He is yet to perform the touchdown celebration that he promised he would perform, even though he has hit the end zone since that time twice and did no dance. And I've seen for the look me. on your face when he didn't do crestfallen. it. You, you look. You, it was crestfallen was the word I was going to use because I saw you look. Like everybody at everybody, like he's going to do it for me, and then he didn't. What like, was that dance he did the other day? I think it was, uh, he does a dance, that? I think it's that, that's the dance of, of, of somebody up from the Chappelle show that he what? likes to do. But I told him, I, I want the Randy Moss, extend your hand out like you're interviewing somebody, and then you turn around to the other side and you answer the question, and we call it the Randy Moss, because Randy, you know, answers questions only he poses from the podium. Does he still play in the NFL anymore, Randy Moss? Oh my God. Clean our Randy Moss. Our Randy Moss is he's working. Our that Randy Moss working. was targeted more in week fourteen <laughs> than the, the real guy Randy was Moss. on a runway Sunday night. We don't know what we don't I know, know where he, he is. He's the one who went to Minnesota when you couldn't make it because he's local, which well, makes us wonder he why he there. didn't go in the first place. Look. But we don't want to call our <laughs> brethren out, which I just did. Oh my gosh! So you've spoken to Maurice. You texted Maurice. You have that answer. I do. Worm, you have a playoff scenario that you think is freaky, fun, interesting. Fun. fun okay, fun. that's going to be on the hot topics part two segment. But let's get to John Legend right now. He is a multiple Grammy Award winner who's been nominated for five more thanks to his album, Wake Up, 
a collaboration with The Roots, Jimmy Fallon's house band, by the way. It's available on iTunes and in music stores everywhere if they still exist. Uh, he is none other than John Legend joining us here on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. How are you, John? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? I'm doing fine. And your album is as good as you've ever as you've ever come out with one, John. So congratulations on that. It's also uh, the the song Shine is from uh, uh, the movie Waiting for Superman, the 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 uh, documentary uh, by yeah. Davis Guggenheim, and uh, that that is also as good as you've ever come up with. How did you get uh, How did you get connected with that documentary, John? Well, it was interesting because we were making the album Wake Up with the Roots. And uh, the music from the album has a uh, has an inclination towards social justice and talking about uh, civil rights and making the world a better place. And um, when we thought about issues that really matter today, uh, when it comes to justice and equal rights and equal opportunity in America, uh, the issue we thought about the most was education. And um, you know, we really believe that it's important that every kid in America gets access to quality education. And when we were thinking about doing something visually to accompany the album, we thought it would be interesting to make a documentary to looking at America's schools and maybe doing it through the lens of looking at the schools of the artists that we covered on this album. Because uh, we covered people like Donny Hathaway, Curtis Mayfield, uh, Marvin Gaye, Nia Simone. And uh, so we decided, you know, let's try to make a film like that. And uh, we we set up meetings with Spike Lee and with Davis Guggenheim because we knew Davis had done uh, an Inconvenient Truth before uh, before that. And uh, we just thought he'd be an interesting filmmaker to talk to about this idea. And we come to find out he was already making Waiting for Superman, which is this powerful documentary on America's school systems. And, uh, you know, we thought, why try to, uh, you know, beat him? Let's join him. So we decided to join him in uh, working on this uh, movie project. He asked me to write the closing song for the film. And we also uh, gave uh, Wake Up Everybody to them as another song for the film. And uh, the film is doing really well. Just got nominated for a bunch of awards for uh, Best Documentary. And uh, and uh, the song actually just got nominated for a Critics' Choice Award last night for Best Song uh, for a Film. So I'm really excited about that and, and glad to be included in that project. Yeah, you thinking Oscar? Let's be honest. You thinking Oscar uh, right now, John? Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, I would love to be nominated, but uh, there's a lot of tough competition. Sure. Uh, particularly people who've been doing, you know, songs for films for a long time. But uh, I'm happy to even be mentioned in, 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 in the same breath as some of those people. You sound like all these players that I work with, like Dion and Marshall, when I mention the Hall of Fame. You don't. You don't want to talk. You don't want to talk about it. You can't jinx it. But you're thinking yeah. about it. That's what you sound yeah, like. You know, it's something that we all we all want to receive. You know, you want to be uh, honored by your peers and by people in the business that that know what they're talking about. And uh, there's nothing really more prestigious than winning something like an Oscar or a Grammy. But you know, you can't overthink it. You can't you try to go in there and write something that you think will win an award. You just have to go in there and write something that you think will be incredible and beautiful and and mean something to people. And then the awards come with it. So here, speaking of the Hall of Fame, here I am at Canton, yeah. Ohio, as always, last year, and I stroll yeah. into Jerry Rice's celebratory yeah. party, and who is in there as the lead headliner act? But you, John Legend, you're singing. Yeah, you're a John. You're Jerry Rice's party. 
Yeah, I'm a big Jerry Rice fan. I couldn't believe I was playing at it because I, I, when I used to collect football cards when I was a kid, uh, he was my favorite player. I loved the whole 80s, 49ers team and all the things they were able to do. And, you know, he was one of the greatest NFL players I've ever seen play. And uh, it was pretty amazing that I was in my home state um, playing at his uh, Hall of Fame party. How'd you get fixed later. up with him? Uh, well, I met him a few times, just, you know, when you go to different events, you always meet different people, and I've met a lot of my idols and people I looked up to growing up, but meeting Jerry always stood out as one of the things I was excited about. Um, I think I met him for the first time in San Francisco uh, at, at some kind of club or some kind of event, and, uh, you know, every time I saw him, I, you know, I always tell him how big of a fan I am, and uh, when I saw him at... Um, an event in New York, I think it was like a, uh, some kind of NFL party or yeah, something. Yeah, I think that's I, where I met you, John, at that yeah, NFL at the draft you. party, right. Yeah, that's what it was, a draft party. And uh, I saw him there, and his people were like, you know, we really want you to come and play for Jerry's uh, Hall of Fame party. Uh, would you be willing to do that? And I said, sure. And uh, so we made it happen. And you're, So your home state is Ohio. Does that yes, I mean... grew up in, uh, in Western Ohio. Okay, so does that mean you're a Bengal fan? Is that a, is that? Yeah, what that I means? actually, I, I actually, I'm a Bengal fan. Uh, I like the Bengal. I grew up about an hour and a half from Cincinnati, two hours from Indianapolis, and so I tend to. I, I, I'm I'm pretty promiscuous with who I root for because <laughs> I have players that I like all over the league, and and I have a fantasy team, and you know, so you know, it's hard to say I'm loyal to any one team, but if I'm if I lean any direction, it's toward the Bengals and the Colts because I grew up uh, close to both of those places. And then I went to college in Philadelphia, so I have a little bit of love for the Eagles, too. Yeah, you're a Penn uh, Quaker. So does that mean wake up? Was was that uh, entitled for the Cincinnati Bengals? Is that uh, what this <laughs> <laughs> So Yes. Yeah, so they, they needed some arousal. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Bengals. So uh, uh, you, you, you say you're a fantasy football player. Who is on John Legend's fantasy football team? Well, my quarterbacks are uh, Aaron Rodgers and Josh Freeman. Mm -hmm. Aaron's my starter, and then I may need to bring Josh in uh, yeah. this weekend, uh, depending on the uh, concussion status. And then um, my running backs are... Uh, Cedric Benson mm. and uh, and uh, Jamal Charles; those are my starters. That's a good one, right there. And uh, so that's not too bad. And then I got Thomas Jones in the in the uh, on the bench, and uh, and I had Joseph Adai, but I, I think I just was able to secure an exchange uh, with uh, the uh, the Bills' starting running back. I can't remember his Fred name. Fred Jackson. No. Fred Jackson. Yes. Okay, yeah, Fred that's Jackson. a smart move. So, uh, so that, those are my four running backs. And then, uh, my receivers are, uh, Andre Johnson, who is incredible. Uh, big Monday uh, night for him, John Legend. Big yeah, Monday he, night had a, he had a great night. Uh, that kind of helped offset my, uh, Aaron Rodgers concussion, but <laughs> yeah. not enough to make me win. But I, I, I'm, in, I'm in the playoffs, though, so I'm good. Uh, Roddy White is my, uh, wow. other receiver. So those are two studs. And then I have, um, Pierre Garcon and Sidney Rice, who I kind of switch back and forth depending on who I think will have a better or a better week. And your your defense? <laughs> Who's your defense? And then, uh, well, I got to talk about my tight end choice. Oh, too, please, sure. it, it was kind of a smooth move. I, I I I was watching the Colts play, and Dallas Clark had just gotten hurt, and 
And I was like, well, who's going to be his replacement? And I need a new, I needed a new tight end. Uh-huh. So I was watching, and uh, Jacob Tammy catches Damn. like you know a few catches in the first quarter of his first game. I was like, this kid is going to get a lot of fantasy points. <laughs> so, um, so I picked up Jacob Tammy. So he's my starting tight end. And then uh, my defense, I change defenses every week because I haven't, I didn't early on in the draft pick up a like a super defense that's always good like Baltimore or Pittsburgh or the Jets or something like that. So I switch every week depending on who's playing who. So I right now I have Atlanta and Chicago uh-huh. and uh Atlanta did me pretty well when they played Carolina. And then uh uh the uh Atlanta and then, uh, excuse me, the Bears, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty good throughout the year. And depending on who they play, I'll have one of them start. So you mix and match. You mix and match each week. Yeah, so. I, mix, I mix it up. I mix it up. But I, I feel like I have a really strong team, and I, I finished number number two in my league. This is my first year doing fantasy, by the way. And the, the first couple of weeks, I didn't even know what I was doing as far as the player moves and all that stuff. So I had a little learning curve. But now uh, I'm, uh, I'm number two in my league, and uh, our playoffs start this week. What is the name of your team? What's the fantasy football team name? I just call it a legend. <laughs> wasn't too creative. <laughs> That's good. Well, hey, I named my podcast after myself, so you know, you gotta, it's all uh, about branding, go. John. It's all about the branding. It's you know, all about branding. I know, you got to brand your fantasy football league team too. And who are, yeah. who are you in the league with? Just a bunch of uh, members of your of your group, your band, or your yeah, friend? some of the guys from my tour, like mm-hmm. uh, my trainer, who's an uh, NFL guru. He knows all about what's going on. He has like five fantasy leagues he's in, and then uh, and then some other guys that you know I either work out with or sing with or, or or something or another. Some of the guys I don't even know. They're friends of friends. But uh, there's 10 of us in the league, and uh, I'm number two right now. How'd you get hooked up with the Steelers? I know you spent some practice time with Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, my uh, my bus driver, who's also in my fantasy league, he's <laughs> a huge uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and we were playing a show kind of in the middle of nowhere in western Pennsylvania, but uh, it was right near the Steelers camp. And I have my nephew with me, and he's a big football fan. And he plays football in the little league in his uh, in his hometown in Ohio. And my uh, bus driver was like, uh, you know, the Steelers would uh, love for you to be guests at their uh, training camp if if you want to go and bring little Mike. And I was like, of course I'll go. And uh, we got to hang out with uh, Big Ben and with uh, Heinz Ward and Santonio Holmes and uh, Harrison and, and all the all the great players for the Steelers. That was pretty cool. And Holmes, I'm sure you. We're very happy with and because uh, this is this is the full disclosure portion of uh, this conversation, John Legend. Because I'm a Michigan Wolverine. And <laughs> I'm an Ohio don't, State don't laugh, fan. don't laugh too hard now. Don't laugh too hard. <laughs> but I know you're a big Buckeye fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Buckeye. I'm a bigger Buckeye fan than any NFL team. I, I love the Buckeyes, and uh, even though I didn't go to school there, I grew up 40 minutes from oh, Columbus, boy. and. Uh, my whole family is very much into the Buckeyes. We had family members that played there and kids from my high school that played there. And so, um, you know, they're, they're probably the most uh, dominant uh, team in Ohio when it comes to uh, the number of fans and the number of people that care a lot about them. So I grew up a big Buckeyes fan, so I'm very happy to see San Antonio doing well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was a bit mystified that the, uh, that the Steelers thought it'd be smart to let him go. Because uh, he's he's tearing things up. Uh, his he had a little, I guess he had a little brush with the law or something. Yes, he did. And I guess they decided it wasn't 
it wasn't worth keeping him. But I, I don't, I don't think that was a good idea. Well, he goes back there this week. The Jets go to the yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers this week. We'll see how he does. We'll see how it does. Maybe he'll make them regret that decision. But I know he's he's made Mark Sanchez look good a few times this year, and uh, made some clutch uh, receptions for them and won some games for them. So uh, we'll see how he does this week against the Steelers. Now I'm sure you know all all athletes want to be in entertainment. They all want to yeah. be in entertainment. They want to be in music. Have you ever had NFL players or any athletes come up to you and say, would you listen to my music or help me out with my music? <laughs> no, I actually haven't. They, Never. They, they, they actually haven't done it. Um, I'll, I'll hear people that kind of mention that they, they love to sing too, but no one's ever gone as far as passing me a demo and 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 thinking that you know they had a chance to 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 to, to change careers yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah well maybe i just gave some people an idea right there yes. I don't know. <laughs> have you ever been i mean what what do you think it would take to make with uh, a good sports theme song you know what i'm saying if you hear that you hear uh the music when you when they're going to break on the nfl well, do you think you, you know, could ever like, do something like that well, like I think hip hop works really well for that. Uh, I like when they use like a Kanye song, like Power or something like that. I feel like that works really well because I feel like hip hop is very, you know, it has like a bravado to it and it has an energy that is meant to rile people up. And I know they use kind of a lot of rock for uh, for those kind of moments as well. They don't use a lot of soul music, honestly, uh, which I understand. You know, everything has its place. Uh, <laughs> soul music used more often in the bedroom and then you know <laughs> everything has its place but uh <laughs> yeah you don't hear the nfl film soundtrack in the bedroom you don't really ever hear that <laughs> exactly you know but it's funny because my uh my publisher also does uh nfl films um uh music as well and so when i first signed with them they gave me the whole box set of all the nfl music mm -hmm. and I don't. I, I can't honestly say I listen to it very much. But, <laughs> but it, it's some. It, it reminded me when I used to watch the, uh, those uh, specials on Saturday mornings with uh, with Sable. Uh, what's his first name? Steve, Steve Sable. Sable. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, you know, he would narrate, and I remember those that voice he had, and I remember all the music that they played with it. And this was the music that my uh, my publisher Cherry Lane gave to me when I first signed with them. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your process, how you go about composing music. How how it comes and spills out of your head and and well, onto a, a we disc. Start, we start with the music. Um, you know, I just get musical ideas sometimes from other co-writers that I'm working with. Sometimes just me sitting at the piano, and the music will lead me into certain vibes and certain ideas and thoughts. And uh, eventually, lyrics will come out of that. And but I usually have like a melody that, mm -hmm. and uh, and even a whole kind of vocal concept for it before I even have lyrics for it. And, uh, and so the music kind of leads me to the lyrics. And, and who, which is your favorite song that you've come up with? I know that's probably like oh. asking someone who's your favorite child, but which, yeah, which one is yours? Say, which one right is yours? Right now, uh, my favorite is Shine, the one that's um, nice. uh, part of the film Waiting for Superman, but it changes and uh, it depends on, you know, what mood I'm in. Some songs I enjoy performing more than others uh, just because of a certain feeling I get. Some feel better when I'm playing by myself on the piano. Some feel better with the band. So, you know, I just have moments when different songs mean different things to me. But uh, right now, Shine is my favorite. Who do you, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl, John? What do you have for me well, here? Well, 
You know, it's hard to to uh, vote against the Patriots right now. They're looking incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady seems like he's on top of his game right now. And uh, they're playing decent defense right now, too, which, um, you know, was questionable at the beginning of the year. But, uh, man, it seems like they're pretty hard to stop. I, I really like that Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis guy, too. He's he's like, he just runs north and south, but he's he's like, he'll get you four or five yards every time he runs. And when he's near the end zone, he's got a nose for the end zone. He does. You know what his, uh, nick, you know what his nickname is, John? Ben Jarvis Green. I heard it's the law firm. It is. <laughs> it's, it's the law firm. It sounds yeah. like a good one. I like that. Yeah, it's a good nickname, and they look they look really good. And uh, I actually think it, they're making it seem like uh, letting go of Randy Moss was actually good for them. It's unbelievable because it uh, it really made them focus their offense on what they do best and what Tom Brady does best. And uh, it, it's looking like a brilliant uh, brilliant idea, even though a lot of people were questioning it at the beginning of the year. Might we see you at the Super Bowl? I know you've played it before. It was a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, you know, I, I was just talking about that. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. It depends on how everything's going around it. But uh, I'm a big fan. If, if I'm not there, I'll be watching uh, from a television somewhere. I actually enjoy TV, NFL, more than I enjoy actually being there because <laughs> you just really get to, you just get to, like, I feel like you – I lose focus when I'm at the game because there's so much going on. But uh, if I'm watching on television, I can, I can hear the sportscasters. I can focus. I can see all the replays. I just feel like I'm really in tune on what's happening in the game. I appreciate you saying that I'm indispensable as a broadcaster, uh, John. Yes, exactly. I really appreciate that. I actually enjoy listening to you guys, and, uh, and uh, it makes the game more enjoyable. I appreciate that. And by the way, that's why Jerry Jones put a huge-ass television above exactly. the field. <laughs> for folks like you, if you want to watch Watch yeah. it on television. There's one that's hanging that lo- goes from one 20-yard line to the other. You know? Yeah, it's just, just, just damn the punter, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It really was a big-time uh, pleasure on my part as well. And uh, good luck with the album, Wake Up. It's a perfect stocking stuffer for anybody this time of year, for sure. And, and a uh, perfect message for the Bengals, apparently. This, it is. Wake up. You know? <laughs> I think it is a perfect message for the Bengals. Yeah. John, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks. Take care. You bet. Bye-bye. Thank you. John Legend, everybody. You love John Legend, don't you, Ken I Anderson? love him. You know what I love? There's a guy in Indianapolis. I'm going to the Indianapolis game this weekend. Jacksonville and the Colts. Right. Okay. And we go to the same steakhouse every time we go there, right? We go always there for the combine. And he does a John Legend medley on the piano. Well, he does oh, everybody's Mose. medley, that Mose. guy. At Moe's. At Moe's. I'm going to Moe's on and Saturday. And by the way, that cat did, the, uh, he did. Coldplay? He does. No, he does. He did Led Zeppelin on the piano yeah, one year. Yeah, he does Coldplay too, though. He did Led Zeppelin on the piano while we were having dinner one With year. the combine. Two years ago. The best. He's a genius. Genius. That guy's a genius. genius. Can we get him on the program? Uh, I don't know if we if we I'll it, find would it, would out. it work? Would it work? I mean, music like on the, a like on the a medley, podcast? like a like a medley. Well, I don't know. I don't, that, that would turn this Fox, into like NPR. But Fox it? puts music underneath some of their football. Oh, like you could be like Terry Gross. You could be like Terry Gross, Fresh Air. Did you you did you were in here for the late games? But Fox did something in the 49ers Seahawks game that was ridiculous. Ridiculous. That was it over, a laugh track? It, it it might as well be one. Because during replays of big plays, they would have like some sort of tribal drumbeat music underneath. And they even admitted, hey, we're trying something different. As if we, the fans at home, what, we're going to pay attention more or we're going to stay tuned more. I mean, why can't the action speak for itself? Uh, don't say anything. Speaking, don't say anything. You're speaking rhetorically. Aren't I know. You? I'm speaking rhetorically. I mean, 
I don't know. I okay. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> but but it's just ridiculous. You're the one who brought it up about music underneath. What is it worse? What's the worst? I mean, fo- idea? listen. I, I'm not beasting on Fox. I'd love. I love uh, the guys that they have on there. Joe Buck, we've had on the podcast, fantastic. That exclusive video of the of the of the snow falling, yeah. Pereira, super Pereira, Pereira is fantastic. what an incredible addition Grand he's addition. been. Yep. And on, on, and these commercials about whether you know the super it, it it pays to have a Super Bowl ring. Have you seen these spots? Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, they're fantastic, hilarious. Where 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 it's all of their talent that's going to be at the Super Bowl this right. year. Okay. Okay. And those with Super Bowl rings get special treatment. Ooh. And Joe Buck and and uh, Caliendo, who's hilarious, uh, Kurt Menefee. They got nothing. They got nothing. nothing. And Glaze, Glaze doesn't have a ring, although I'm sure he probably does deep down. Somebody's probably had to give him oh, a I'm ring. Oh, I'm sure he probably Peyton, does. Peyton, I don't know. Somebody's had to give him a ring. But uh, uh, and then the guys who have rings are treated like gold. Hilarious campaign. Good. Oh, good. So I'm just saying, I'm not beasting on, fi- but that is ridiculous. Ridiculous. But they always are the ones that come up with some gimmick, correct? I mean, in hockey, it was the case with the puck. With the glowing puck. Hey, but I know they're at least trying, but the bottom line is with the puck, it would be to help somebody find the puck because sometimes it's very difficult with the hockey. Maybe they were trying to help people find the excitement in that game. Oh, man. Are you beasting on hockey? Don't beast on it. No, I'm not beasting on hockey. Oh, in the game. Oh, I'm sorry. In the Seattle, in the Seattle, San Francisco game. I don't know how that would be exciting, though. To me, it's just like, why are you pounding my head with music? Why can't I just watch it? Don't you think people want to watch? All I want out of games. It sounded really old. Why are you? Why is the music so loud? Turn down the music, you darn kids. But uh, all people want on a broadcast is unobtrusive action. That's it. You want to see the action. And when there is a crucial play, the the folks who are broadcasting the game are duty-bound to not just the fan, but also the coaches who want to know whether this was a play or not, uh, that they should challenge. Show me the angle. Have the angle of the crucial moment. And then entertain me every now and then with your commentary. That's it. Isn't that what you say, want to watch a game? That's a pretty good mix. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like you should do a mission statement for the fan, Rich. I am, but I'm turning to Joe Fan. Am I right over here? You're you're yeah, the fan. I'm a, you're I'm, the one who's well, screaming. Old, you're the one screaming old. bloody murder about slow football, no, I'm, standard I'm, time. Sure, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm definitely old early. school. Definitely, definitely. Uh, all right, let's move on to the. Uh, so you uh, had mentioned you're going to do the Jacksonville Indianapolis yes. game. Yes. And you have spoken to Maurice Jones Drew. I have because he's obviously been so fantastic recently. I have to talk to him. Off the charts. Off the charts. An MVP candidate. Let's throw it out there. And you know what? Let's let's give him some Pro Bowl love. I mean, oh, that's really. A, that's for sure. He's going to Hawaii. There's no doubt about it. I hope so. No, there's no question. If he's not, then they should just not even hold the game. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's one of the top. Do they actually hold the game? You're up on your soapbox? I'm, I, I'm, I, I am on a soapbox right now. Yeah. A, a box of soap. That's I'm a on a box of soap. soap. What are you drinking? This is my stuff. That's my, awful my looking. My it's vitamins. like Tang. What do you it's mean my vitamins? It's, it's vitamins. terrible. There's bees in here and CoQ. What do you mean bees? B vitamins. It's liquid bees. Liquid, all sorts Gosh. of things. Gosh. Yeah. It also it, looks worse because it's like some translucent uh, right. well, pea green well, bottle you're well, drinking yes, from. Well, yes. It's it's awful. It's truly <laughs> awful. <laughs> so take a but swig. But it's good for you. Please, take a when swig we, for When there are producers here who have kidney stones passing through. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. What are we talking about? Not me. Not me. Not me. You got to do whatever you can to stay hydrated what? and be healthy. What? what? I'll do it off. Can- off. So, yeah. so because somebody here per- passed a kidney stone, you're oh, and I can see at the bottom it's not well mixed. There's some sort of detritus at drinking, the bottom. Are you drinking the kidney stone that that person? Gosh, passed? because that's what it looks like. Oh, it's my awful. Gosh. It's it's truly awful. 
<laughs> I like. So back to Maurice Jones. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So you've spoken to Maurice Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you spoken to Maurice Jones Drew. We texted mm. because I it, it was funny before you tweeted out or retweeted somebody's concern over where was your um, touchdown dance. Yes, I texted him saying, "Hey, I'm going to see Rich, and I probably need to have an answer for him because yeah. I was watching him mm. watch you mm. and the hopefulness that mm. he had when you crossed into the end zone mm-hmm. and then crestfallen when you did not do." The, the the touchdown dance. He broke my heart. He, he did. broke my heart just like, uh, you know, just like Fredo. You right. know, he broke my heart. Right. So what did you say? So, okay, so you're saying that, that, that you arranged for the Randy Moss situation. Yes. I think his understanding, and we might need to clear this up, Uh-oh. was that you were still looking for some Prada situation because of the Prada dance that he did last year for you. And he was saying that per his business people, he's been instructed... Mm. Until he has a deal with Prada, he's not to do. That is ridiculous. He's not to do said dance. So I have people some, don't I even know what he's doing. You even asked me about what I, he's I doing. I don't know what he's doing. I, just so because there's so much. But he could get a Prada deal out of it, and I'm not even asking just him to do anything. Spike the ball, just hand the ball off. I like the best moments with T.O. and Ocho. Got together, and they shook each other's hand. That was like stuck each other. No, hey, I, shook I, your I, hands. No, yeah. The touchdown celebrations are fun, man. Are they? Yeah, they're they great. I, they're you know, great. So I had two. I had two thoughts for him. One, he could do a hula dance. For the Pro Bowl, mm. which is, you can't okay. do a hula dance for another man, though. Can't do it. This isn't for me. This is for me. This is not for him. This is for me. Oh, this is all about you. Okay. Because yeah. the yeah. other option, you can't. So you, so you can't do a hula dance for another man, but you can. You can do the Randy Moss for okay. another man, as I, I requested the, on I this podcast, he and he said yes and hangs up the phone. I had to turn my phone off, but but what mm. I my last suggestion to him was, mm. given the fact that we're not going to have the worm around with us much longer. Oh, don't say that. Yes. To do the worm? To do the worm. Like he gets, but he can't, the worm means he has to get down on the ground. Yes. Right, and you so get 15 yards, right. you cannot go to the Flag. ground to celebrate. That's true. You can't Can have you that. do a standing that, worm? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that would be. Just what be, a standing just, worm just, would just be. Just yelling at somebody? It would be contortionist. Oh, how he goes up this? to Jackson and goes and starts yelling at him. How about, you are not worthy. You are a mascot. How about this? How about this? How about he does the dance he said he would do? How about that? How about just say? You know what? Now you're getting a little. Now you're getting a little getting Mizzou here no. on this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we could say that you're on like the a, podcast. You're, you're no, jilted. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a jilted. jilted. I'm jilted. I am jilted, and I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood. <laughs> I'm in a mood, and and he comes on the podcast, and he and I are cool like this. He knows I can call him out like this. Is that and uh, the first time when he scored, it was at the end of an eighty-yard. Uh, it was at the end of that eighty-yard screen against the Browns mm-hmm. that essentially wrapped up that game. He got down at the one and then he ran it, and I understand he's wiped out. He didn't even do any dance, so that's cool. I'm cool with that. So you could, you could, you you are right with that. I'm fine with okay. that. And that was the week right after he was on the podcast. All right. Now two weeks later, he scores and he does something else. Because you're saying he thought I wanted him to do more of the Prada dance, and his business people have now we did forbidden send an, him from doing that. He did do that. a little LOL at the end of that, so he might have just been joking. Okay, I hope not. Because I did get him a Winn-Dixie deal once. Can we talk about ball? Okay. Now, let's talk about your, your playoff scenario. Well, the most interesting thing is Atlanta <laughs> and New Orleans. Okay. Because if it really comes down to, let's just assume, mm-hmm. 
that the Atlanta New Orleans win their other games, the other two games, when they play each other. And if New Orleans Let's wins... Remind ourselves, who, who are the other games? They've got the Ravens. What are the games? The Saints have what the Ravens. Okay, what are the, what are the games? I don't even know the games. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Hit it again, Sarah. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. <laughs> See, Atlanta's at Seattle in Week 15 and at Carolina, or home to Carolina. So that's those. So that's those are two fairly So the um, only one that they they, they have a chance to to potentially be knocked off is obviously when the right. Saints. And then New Orleans. Out. New Orleans is at Baltimore and home Tampa. Very difficult. I'm just. Two very I just want to put. Games, I just want to okay. put the scenario out that the, it all really comes down to next week. If they win out, say they win this week, both teams win this week. Uh, it comes down to next week. If New Orleans wins, it really goes to it goes to the fifth tiebreaker, because head to head would be tied, division would be tied. Common games would be tied, which mm. is this bizarre, funny little thing. Because they just looking, they both have three common games to play. Atlanta's nine and two. So we going Orleans strength of victory. Is that where we're, we're going? We're going to strength of victory to decide who to wins. decide who wins the division and maybe the entire a- NFC. Possibly, yeah. Uh, it's and too Atlanta, confusing right now. All of their right games, now, all of their games have come down to the wire. So you've got to think that the Saints have got that one. Right? Very, very. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. It may not matter. Okay, Why? because the Saints, as you pointed out in our previous segment, Kara Henderson, they're really enjoying flying underneath the radar. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and a defending Super Bowl champ, it's it, that's cool that, to keep them hungry and keep them off the radar and keep on, you know, let them let everybody look past us. That's a great mantra to have as uh, motivational, and obviously Sean Payton knows exactly what he's doing on that front. So let's say the Saints lose the division, they're going to open up at the winner of the Drek. And Drek West. West. Mm-hmm. The Drek West. Okay. Which is currently the Rams. Right. So then they will, barring uh, barring whatever may happen, uh, the sixth seed coming on and, and winning uh, a game at probably the NFC East champ or maybe the NFC North champ, depending mm-hmm. on what happens with the Bears moving right. forward. Uh, it, it may all come down to the Saints being ba- uh, at uh, at Atlanta anyway. Sure. It may happen that they, yeah. that they are at Atlanta after Atlanta comes off a bye for the divisional series. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it is a huge game in Week 16. Uh, so huge, I've already booked uh, our, our friend Tarico for the podcast next week. He's calling that game. And uh, that said, it, it may come down to just the third time that they play one another, or as early as the divisional round. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. So, um, but strength of victory may also decide, um, you know, the, the, the AFC North as yes. well. Because those two teams, uh, the Ravens and the Steelers, are, are tied right there. So, you never know. What else you got for me, Worm? We got great games this week. We have awesome games this week. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. <laughs> I will never forget that. When I would get Nothing's on the phone. Better than beating a joke. Oh, I, I, I tell you, I'll never forget that. I'm on the phone with those guys, the two coaches, Ditka and, Ditka and, uh, and, and Marv. We talked for an hour, and they would be they'd be amazing. They have these great the coach cool, speak. That was our that was that was that, that was a segment, right? It was Not a segment a show, on Tuesday. Year one, year one of year NFL, one, right? year one that fall. We had coach speak, hmm. and we and they would talk, they would just be tremendous. They just banter back and forth about the major things that are going on. I like this, and I don't like that. And Marva popped up with like, like, yeah, we played them recently, and they were good, and it was just great. And then Tuesday they would just roll in, and it would be like nothing happened. Sitting down like, for ready to take. Sitting down, and it was really like they'd be like they forgot everything. They just what are we doing? And then, and then they'd say something like what? this, something like this. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the game. <laughs> it was, and I would sit there, and I'd be in the control room, and I'd be in the control room just like this, and I'd literally going, "Hey guys, what the hell just happened? What what's going on? What is going on?" Well, I'll tell you what was going on. He didn't know the games. 
He was wondering, <laughs> what are the games? So it's week, week Well, we got 15. New Orleans, Baltimore. Is yeah, which we talked about with, with Ed Reed earlier. Yeah. You've got Jacksonville, Dallas, or Jacksonville, Indianapolis, that's which it. is for, that's for all the marbles. the marbles. Yes, indeed. Which game, that game will be played in about Colts two hours. they lose, right? Colts that are out game? Of, Colts are out of no. None of Colts will be 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, now, I know the Jets ooh. are in a free fall right now. But yeah, they, they probably would be. Yeah, you're right. It's it's because it's it's a two game split between the Ravens and the Jets and everybody else. Uh, Colts would be a tough. That'd be a tough. Spread. That'd be a tough. would be a tough wild card to get. Certainly, right. be if they've lost the Chargers already, and I the Chargers may, Chargers out. may be the team to get the wild card if yep. the Jets fall free fall out of this thing. Maybe because you take a look at the Chargers, they're on Thursday night against the yeah. against the the Niners, and then they are at two U-Haul games where yes. the U-Hauls are already backed up in Cincinnati and Denver. Yes. So if if the Chargers win against the the Niners at home, I think you can you can put them in as a ten win team. Right. Well, they so. can finish. They, they can finish with the eight conference wins, which you is important. You can see the wheels turning. They are turning right now. It's good. Head right now. What like else? It. He's what, got his stats. What other games you got for me? Obviously, the Philly Giants game is enormous. Kansas City St. Louis underrated, important game, massive game for both teams. Massive in St. Louis. Yes, I mean, St. Louis hasn't been home in a month. Maybe Castle will be back for that one. That is going to be. It's going to be good. Show me. The show me stick. The show me showdown. It's big time. Throwdown. What else you got? Who else? Oh, Jets Pittsburgh. Jets Pittsburgh. What is with the Jets? Oh, dear. Um, I'm afraid to say this to Jet fans. They are what we thought they were. Mm. Um, they lost Chris Jenkins for the second consecutive year. They don't have any pass rush from the front. From the front oh, Jenkins guys. wasn't going to give them the pass rush, though. They really. don't have any pass rush. They That's have true. to manufacture everything. You know what they need? Everything. They need someone like Vernon Golston. Well, excuse me. They need somebody like him. Someone like doing what? Like rushing the passer. Okay. That's the type well, Vernon Golston has been how he's been leading the league for three years. Like he's not Vernon good. Golston. They need Vernon Golston to play like somebody <laughs> who he was supposed to be That was called when he for. played. They, need to, at, they no. need him to be who they thought Wait, he was. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Four yes. years ago, okay. Ohio State when he was killing everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's what they need him. That's true. They don't have him. And they really miss Leonard. They do. And they have no balance on offense. They can't run the football. I don't know what happened to LT. Can can someone get the ball to LT? Well, they tried this past week. It, it was it was three yards of pop. I mean, Miami's tough to run on. Or you could say whatever you want about the Dolphins. Yeah, they're tough to run on. The Mammal defense has been good the last three weeks. Really good. So they're tough to run on. Big game for the Jets. Huge, especially since they got to go to Soldier Field the following week. And a big game for Chicago. And where is that game going to be played? You I know? know. I think that's going to be outdoors. I think it's going to be outdoors too. My favorite tweet last night was was when people were like, "I think that Hank Williams Jr. just broke news that they're going to be in." In Minneapolis next week, when he said, "See you in Minneapolis." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it is. that's true. They are like they are like the two thousand and five Saints right now. Displaced. I know without a home. Can you, just, can you just, find a way to rally around that? No, no, nah, not, not certainly not when they're not going <laughs> to. That's really what it yeah. is now. It's not really. It's, it's bad. Yeah. That, is that the Yaller horn? horn? The yeah, Yaller horn, horn is kind of... There it is, there. right there. And I'll tell you what, if that game's played outside or is ever blowing the Yaller horn, it's going to stick to their lips. Yeah, no. Do you know that they were actually playing cool. the Yaller horn during that yeah. game last night? I love they, that. They blew that horn. When they got a first down. They, they made the fourth down <laughs> with 30 is... seconds to go in the game. <laughs> it is 500 people in the stand. They go, like, what is going yeah, on? you got to try it, It's like it, a Will Ferrell oh. movie when you go to the Metrodome and that's going on and it's it's oh. just awesome. So I guess the Jallhorn uh, travels. Or, uh, or, do you or, pronounce the J? I, I, I don't know. More y- y'all, I'm a Jew. I don't. I can't. I can't speak that language. So it's it's like, or did they have to find one in Detroit 
Sort of the way that our, our colleague, Mike Connor, had to find a ukulele on the property of the Ihalani years ago <laughs> when Don Ho appeared. That's on not our hard program. to find. And it's just like, he showed, just no, real quick I aside. Cam- I know we're, we're long here, but a real quick aside. <laughs> we, we, we're not done. We still have something else Don we have Ho, to talk about. Don Ho appeared on our show. <laughs> right. Okay. The late, booked, the late great. The late, the late great Don Ho. We, we booked him on our, our, our promo <laughs> show. So he shows up empty handed. Yes. Because we thought he'd come with his ukulele, okay, and sing a song, and and he goes, well, I play the I I I play the organ, I play the piano, I don't really play the ukulele, and here you know here we are these dumbass mainlanders thinking that Don Ho's got to have his own ukulele, he doesn't. And we sort of all look at each other and go, oh, God, we have planned out to do ukulele segment. What else we you talk about with Don Ho, who's the halftime entertainment, by the way, yes. of the Pro Bowl. That's why we had him on. And uh, Mike Connor, who's now the MLB Network, <laughs> ran off to look for – and he's, you know, he was like our, he's like our Radar O'Reilly. He would find anything anywhere. And he found a ukulele. I'll never forget as he ran down. <laughs> Uh, right. The visual, exactly, <laughs> and that's why. And that's why I'll never forget this. He's playing. Uh, Don Ho's playing the ukulele, and I'm like, "So what's the set list for uh, for the Pro Bowl, Don? You know the set list?" And he goes, "Yeah, I think I do." And I'm like, "How about Tiny Bubbles? Can you give us a little bit of that?" And he goes, oh, "I hate singing that song." <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I'm so tired of that song. It was great. It was great. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, the Gallhorn got us off on that tangent. What what, what do think, else do we have to talk about? Because because well, Mark Wahlberg is waiting. No, I know. We we we, okay. we we have to keep him waiting for just another The man minute. just got nominated for uh, about a dozen Golden but we Globes. Have, but we have Worm's dating story he has to tell because oh, we did God. start this, right? You want to talk ball ago? and and you... Oh, dear. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Do you have a dating story you really want to pass All along? Right. We, 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 let's see. We discussed it last. The, the other date was the worst ever at 35 minutes, but I had a co- <laughs> cup of cocoa. <laughs> Okay, it lasted 35 minutes. And is this I, the one with the, that ate like five cookies quickly? No, 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 no. Okay. It's completely different. That was another one. You Many years ago. Cookie. Okay. <laughs> Me date worm. <laughs> and then the following Saturday, or the following week was, uh, was exquisite. Exquisite. Ooh. Exquisite. So, Wait a minute. So Nigel Spackle dated a woman? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yes, indeed. It was exquisite? Yes, it really was. So is there a second one? Uh, there's been three. Oh, yeah. what? You've, been, you've been busy on your pie week. See, Ooh, look at the smile. Look at him. <laughs> look at him. I wish everybody could your, see that. Don't bring your vitamin B tang. No, with no, you. no, no, no. I didn't get to tell my one story that I really wanted to get your what? input on. Which is? So one, one coach recently, I'm not going to call out which one mm-hmm. it was, close game. After the game, talking to them, I said, you know, how did, how did it go? And he goes, I had to pee the last 12 minutes. <laughs> Is that right? Of the game. Okay. This is the coach in the National Football League. Coach in the National Football League. I won't say which one. Had to pee last 12 minutes. Okay. Tight game. Every game has been tight, so I'm sure. not giving it away. What do you do? What do you do, Worm? What do you do, Jason Wormser, when there are 12 minutes? Not not 12 like actual minutes. 12 clock minutes. That's a lot of time. Tight game. Two well, head coach. Coach. I think what they do. I think what they do is they get the trainers and they get the towels around. That's for a player, and, right? But you're that, you know. Yeah, but you're a coach. You're if you go in that huddle, people are wondering what's going on in there. <laughs> well, you can just hide it. I don't know. I honestly don't know what we were off I, the field. You know what I think happened? I think they actually did do that in, in this drink that you're drinking. Yeah, give them one of your tank is. containers. But think about that. That's you never, so funny. I, you, well, you never think about that sort of stuff. Funny thing is, I've had the same feeling for the last 12 minutes of this segment. <laughs> yes. It's a little odd. Okay, let's get, to, uh, let's get to the replay games for week 14. One last time, hit it. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. <laughs> what are the games? Well, I don't even know You know, know what? Know he doesn't even know because there's no replay tonight. Why? Because we're re-airing... 
The Giants Vikings oh, game. Two and a half hours. Nice. Okay. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday's. There are two play. games. Okay. First game at eight o'clock is Eye Patch v Spotted Cat. Nice. Raiders what and a Raiders and game. Jaguars. A great game. McFadden. How good is he? Tough loss for the Raiders. Yep. And the nine fifteen is uh, Poe versus Metcalf. Ravens Texans. What a game that was. Ed Reed said uh, earlier on the podcast they got in at five in the morning back in Baltimore. I felt so bad. For they Matt. were. Matt Schaub. Oh, gosh, defense. I just, I felt sick to my stomach. For and me. how about that? Uh, did you see that uh, fact from uh, Matt Palmeroy today? Which one? Our, our uh, manager of NFL the Network four, Research. The, the, uh, how the, many the times Texans the Texans are the first team, lost. First team, the Texans are the first team mm-hmm. in NFL history to lead, by to trail by 14 points in a game, either come back and tie and take a lead mm-hmm. and lose all four of those games. I sent that out last night. That's the 2010 we Texans. We Rick Smith dinner now after that. Wow. All right, Worm, thanks very much. Thank Appreciate you. it. Good Great. to have you back on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much. We'll see you in San Diego. Yes. And then uh, and then in San Indianapolis Diego. on the weekend. And you already mentioned Moe's Steakhouse. You might as well have a tweet up at this point since you ever let everybody Moe's know you're going to be there great. on Saturday night Moe's. in oh Indianapolis. Moe's a winner. All right. Follow Kara Henderson at Kara Henderson on Twitter and you, sir, at Worm underscore 66. Good see. luck on date number four, bro. Thank you. Number I'm four. rooting for you. I'm pulling for you. We're about to step it up by welcoming in a man for whom it's all working right now. His movie, The Fighter, uh, opens up wide release this Friday, generating tons of Oscar buzz. And the only thing perhaps more hot than his movie, The Fighter, are his beloved New England Patriots. And joining us on the program, Mark Wahlberg. How are you, Mark? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fine. Your Patriots are lighting it up right now, Mark. Unbelievable. And you know what? The Jets are showing their true colors. No, don't rub it in. Oh, Come no. on. <laughs> Come on. They should be 5 and 8. They should be it's, 5 and 8. So destroying the Jets and then demolishing the Bears is not enough for you? You need to you need to stomp on the grave a little bit right oh, now? Oh, God. There's just too much hype and too much talk and you know, no, I'm just I'm happy for the for the Patriots. I mean, they've they've pulled it together in a big way. You know, such a young defense, and you know, but Belichick's the man. And Brady, you know, he's uh, he's showing why he's the best quarterback in the league, not Peyton Manning. I mean, he is the MVP hands down. I think he's already won it right now. I think yeah, it's I mean, in. I was I was hoping for Michael Vick, but what a, what a comeback story. And I'm a lefty too, but uh, <laughs> and we'd rather have the ring than the, the you know the individual achievement. And you also have those Vince Papali ties to that organization, exactly. Eagles is my second team. Now, I, know, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, Riley Cooper, this wide receiver on the Eagles, has this hair that comes out the back. He does look a little Papali-like. I saw that yesterday. He does look, have a little bit of Vince in him, if you think about it. Yep. And, and again, uh, well, you know what's interesting? Because you mentioned that Patriot Jet game. I know for a fact that the Fighters' Los Angeles premiere was the night of the big Jets-Patriots game. Oh, God, I had the phone thrown in my lap. <laughs> Watching the score, just running up the score the whole time. So you followed the game on your cell phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and wasn't satisfied until it was completely over. <sighs> so, at what point did you think that this thing was wrapped up against the Jets? As you're watching, as you're watching on your cell phone. Well, you know, it's crazy because when I watched the Colts game and the Colts started coming back, and mm-hmm. it was like, you know, they always have a tendency to let them in. So even with a 45-3 lead, I was still not comfortable. You sound like Brady. You sound like Brady. He's the same way. We had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and I brought up the fact that in the Thanksgiving game, they're up by 30, there's two minutes to go, and he's screaming at the defense for giving up a first down. I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly the sort of stuff that he does. You know, so yeah. it sounds like, it sounds, you, sound like uh, you sound like Brady a little bit there, Mark. You know, it's uh, it's just you know, there's so many years where they, you know, they, you think they're blowing them out, and then they end up coming back. And how far do you think this team can go? 
they're going all the way. You know, it'd be nice to see the Falcons and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Do you think that's what's going to happen, or what do you? Who do you think is going to come from the NFC? Uh, you know what? It's I, I, it really is. It's a toss up, but I think uh, you know the Saints are obviously making a charge and won six in a row. But uh, you know, the, the 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 Falcons look good. Falcons look good. I think the Eagles look good. They got to beat the Giants. Um, it's been crazy, though. I mean, you look at, like, Tampa Bay and what they did and what St. Louis and Detroit has done. I mean, nobody had those guys winning any games. I know. You know, Seattle is right there. It's crazy. You do have a wide-open thing, but I think your Patriots have pretty – you know, I don't want to jinx it for you, uh, but I, I, they're, they're, they're clear favorites now. Yeah, oh, no doubt about it. But there's nothing worse than going 18-1. and one. I mean, the fact that they got two losses out of the way early was, was a good thing. That one loss in the Super Bowl it ruined the whole season. You think? I mean, that sixteen and zero is nothing that you of could course. sit back and, and be satisfied about. No way, no know. way. Rather, rather going, you know, nine and seven, and then win the Super Bowl. Well, I think you Go found. Your, I think you found your next uh, film subject in Danny Woodhead. I think the Woodhead story. You need to start writing that right now. Well, well, between him and Welker, you know, everybody thought once we lost Moss that there was a big, big trouble for the Patriots. What did you think of that trade? I felt the same way. I was like, are they crazy? You know, but uh, it's, it's it's looking like it was the right decision, obviously. It's unbelievable how every year, I said it's like a Mad Lib with, with, the, with the Patriots. It's just like they lose blank, and now they're finished. You just fill in the blank with guys like Lawyer Malloy uh, and Richard well, yeah, Seymour. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just the list goes on and on and on. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Belichick and Brady is the best coach-quarterback tandem they have to be in NFL history, though. I mean, you got I, Shula Marino, you got you got Walsh. Yeah, how, many, Montana. how many rings does Marino have? That would be zero. I mean, come on. <laughs> Montana was Montana was special, but you know, it's 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 just a different league now, and and they're they're just phenomenal. I mean, I think they're going to be they're going to be you know forced to be reckoned with for the next five or six years. Let's talk about the fighter. This film opens up uh, wide. It's already in New York, Los Angeles, and Lowell, Mass, uh, where obviously the the Mickey Ward story uh, takes place. From how satisfying after you spending so many years of your career, the past few years, hoping to get this thing green-lighted and made, that it's out there and it's generating a lot of Oscar buzz in this town. It's awesome. I mean, look, the fact that we got it made was uh, was an achievement in itself, and to have people responding the way they are really is it's phenomenal. We're so we're so appreciative. And uh, the fact that uh, that uh, people are talking about you potentially as being uh, Oscar nominated again for the second time in your career. What are, what, are your, what are you hearing about that right now? You know, you never really want to think about that stuff, you know, or get your hopes up. You know, it's, uh, it was a complete surprise when it happened the first time. And, you know, we're, uh, you know, I'm just certainly, you know, hoping that Christian gets, finally gets his due, which I think is, is, is sure to happen because, you know, the guy's been fantastic in so many movies and never, never been to the big show. Um, and we got a lot of great performances in the movie. You know, me being the producer of the film, uh, you know, I'm certainly uh, pushing and hoping for a Best Picture nomination. You're talking about Christian, my individual. Right, Christian, Christian Bale, yeah. Christian Bale playing Dickie Eklund. Oh. I mean, he just, he, he, uh, he's done this many times in his career, as have you. I mean, he just, be, he became, he, he just became another human being. It's yeah. really unbelievable watching his scenes and certainly the two of you guys with the, with the fraternal, uh, bond and yet, uh, Mickey Ward obviously needing to go out on his own in order to become a successful fighter in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, uh, he, I knew he was the right guy. I'd seen him do the physical transformation, but it was another thing just to make sure that he would, you know, react to the material the way that he did. And Dickie is such a character. And, uh, you know, we have the same work ethic, so, the, the, you know, 
the, the commitment was there. We knew it, and um, you know, we, were, we we really felt like we were onto something special. You did your own fighting in the scenes, mm -hmm. correct? You of did, course, yeah. You, no, we hired real fighters. I mean, you know, the guy who plays Alfonso Sanchez and Miguel Espino, who at the time was the number three middleweight in the world. Pete Sugarfoot Cunningham, I think, seven-time kickboxing champ, played Mike Mungin. And, you know, we had HBO really shoot the fights. The same guy who shot all the great war to Torogati fights came and shot with their old beta cams. And the only way to do it differently from Rocky or Raging Bull or any of those other movies was to just get in there and make it real and make people feel like they were watching a fight on HBO. Well, well you used Lampley and, and Larry Merchant. Did you take their commentary straight from the actual Mickey all Ward fights? commentaries right from the fights. Roy Jones, George Foreman. I mean, thank you for thank HBO for, you know, all their support got based on a relationship that we have with Entourage and yeah. Boardwalk Empire and our other shows that uh, they were kind enough to help us because we had no money to make this movie. We shot the whole thing in 33 days. We shot all the big fights in three days. In three days? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It's it, it. It looks like you spent uh, forever shooting these scenes. No, we we spent forever preparing, and mm -hmm. then we just went in there and did it. You know, you know, three twelve-hour days of you know twelve hours of just banging away is not an easy thing to do. And the fighters who aren't used to shooting movies, you know, they're used to training for fights, and then if if it goes a distance, it's twelve rounds, and then you right. know you got a minute in between. But going twelve hours is a whole other ball game, and I had to do all three fights, you know, back to back. One I, day after another. I throw you in the ring with Pacquiao for a round. What happens, Mark? Oh, God, I just hope I catch him with a big left hand. I probably got 40 pounds on him, but <laughs> but he's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of power. And you know what? He, he's a lot like Mickey in the way that he's so humble outside of the ring. But, mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't care who he gets in there with. He's going to take their head off. And Mickey and Dickie were at the premiere, correct? Oh, yeah. They've been there the whole time. I mean, they were with me, um, you know, training at my house. They lived in my house for for a while. Uh, worked together with us. They were certainly on the set the whole time. We uh, we wanted to include them in every way possible. It was so fantastically acted. This is one of the best acted movies I've seen in a long time, Mark. I mean, Amy Adams was superb in yeah, this movie. Yeah, she's fantastic. Melissa Leo's fantastic. She was playing the mom. My my wife wanted to jump through the screen and and hit the mother character about twenty times and mm -hmm. slap her around. I mean, it just it's an interesting story about family and how blood is obviously thicker than water, and yet sometimes it can drag somebody down. Yeah, it, it's remarkable, Mark. It yeah, really well, I is. appreciate it, buddy. You bet. Congratulations on that. I can't let you go without talking about your HBO shows, too. Uh, Boardwalk Empire, superb. I mean, just flat-out awesome. I TiVoed most of them being on the road for our games, uh -huh. and I would catch up a couple days later. You just finished season one, uh, and you've been picked up for season two, correct? Yep. Yeah, they picked it up even before the uh, the first season started to air. And hopefully, you know, Scorsese directed the pilot. Yes. And now hopefully he wants to do a uh, season finale for season two and do like a two-hour finale which would be awesome. I mean, the writing is so good. Terry Winter, who was the writer on Sopranos, and all the other guys who are directing the other episodes, Tim Van Patten, and the rest of them in the cast is just spectacular. It is. Buscemi is great. Oh, all of them. He's, all of them. He's, Kelly McDonald. I mean, it's just Michael Pitt, Michael Shannon, you name it. They're all fantastic. They are super. And obviously, Scorsese, you uh, worked with in The Departed, which mm -hmm. was your, your Oscar-nominated role, your, your first Oscar-nominated role. Uh, how, how did you get Scorsese to do a television show? Was that Was that a challenge for you? It was, but, you know, I'd spent a lot of time talking to him about, you know, Entourage and, and, and how great it is to work with HBO. And, you know, he loves that, that, that time period, obviously. That era is, uh, you know, so in his wheelhouse. And, um, you know, it was just a matter of convincing him. And then once, you know, he read the material and, you know, he connected with Terry, he knew that they could do something really special. And, uh, you know, he's... Uh, you know, a dream to work with. Yeah, what is it like to be directed by Scorsese? What's that? It's 
fantastic. I mean, but you know, I did, but with, with directing, you know, he was just, you know, we didn't rehearse or anything. We just kind of showed up on the set and started shooting it. And I was from that world, so you know, we didn't have to, um, you know, give me too much attention. But when I was, you know, producing and watching him do his thing and involved in the, you know, the process of uh, preparing, it was that was remarkable to see how how much he pays attention to detail and how every aspect of it is uh, closely watched. Are we going to get an Entourage movie? You think? Entourage movie right after the uh, final season coming up. Yeah, that's the plan. Fantastic. And Doug Allen, Doug Allen, who you know has yeah. been, you know, killing it for such a long time, has a really great idea, and so uh, we think it can work, and uh, people will be uh, very happy about it for a flick. Yeah, I-, I like it. Yeah, people always complain that the show is too short. You know, so we give them ninety ninety minutes of craziness. And how how many years has it been on? Too short. It's been on almost uh, a decade. Seven. And this is the eighth season coming up. Ah, fantastic, Mark. I mean, you're you're killing it yourself, and um, and so are your Patriots. Oh, I've been very blessed, and you know what? If we got the Patriots going, the Celtics look good. The Bruins are, you know, good. Red Sox just picked up uh, obviously a ton Crawford. of people. Yeah, See, I now mean, you can't. I know this is an NFL broadcast, but uh, you can't complain that the Yankees spend money too. Now, I mean, the Red Sox are spending just as much right now. What I like is the Yankees spend all their money and then they go and lose to Texas. <laughs> That was even better. <laughs> I love your bitterness. I love it. You know, because, again, to me, that's what's missing. I spoke about that with Brady, too, and Brady said he hated the Jets and he got a lot of grief for it. I like that. You know what I mean? I like that. And in day and age, I don't know if you saw on Sunday night after the game, Tashard Choice of the Dallas Cowboys is asking Vic for an autograph saw, for his course. nephew. Of course. And he's getting a lot of grief for that, too. But in this day and age, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, I, I like it. I like that sort of talk. Yeah. Well... You know, they, we spent too many times in the dumps and uh, and losing, especially to New York teams. And, you know, look, I have tons of friends. The real E, you know, is with me right now in my house. And, you know, he's a diehard Yankees fan. He's from the Bronx. I mean, you know, we're still best of friends. But, you know, it is uh, it is what it is. The real E. Yep. I like it. So you basically have your own entourage is what you're saying. Yeah. It's just obviously, you know, it's uh, you know my life has changed drastically. <laughs> I've got a beautiful wife and four beautiful children. And yeah, I saw that 60 Minutes uh story on you too oh, uh, cool. and congratulations on on that and and the fighter and uh, maybe we'll see you in dallas for the super bowl you know what i've never been to the super bowl because i've always felt like you know if they if we went and they lost i'd be devastated but you know what i've never been to texas stadium and uh, it's unbelievable. If, if there was ever a year to do it this would be it does your schedule allow it you think well, I'll be shooting a movie in New Orleans, but it's very close. So that is just a hot pop and over. It's on a Sunday. I won't be shooting. What movie are you shooting? A movie called Contraband that I'm also uh, producing along with Working Title. So we start that in the beginning of January. Excellent. And then, and then, uh, and then I'm doing a comedy with Seth MacFarlane, the guy, you know, creator of Family Guy. He's doing his uh, his directorial debut. We're doing a comedy in Boston, which I'm really excited there about. There you go. There you have it, right there in Boston. Yeah. Mark, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate you it. Bet. You got it. Bye. That's Mark Wahlberg joining us here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. What a great, great show. Go out and see The Fighter. You won't be disappointed. Also, go out and buy Wake Up, John Legend's new album that he came on to talk about here on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. John uh, uh, hopefully will advance in his fantasy football playoffs. Who knew he was such a big fantasy football freak? Love talking with Ed Reed as well. We appreciate Ed making one last exception telling that story about how he uh he killed reggie wayne snake accidentally of course let's not get PETA on him but uh, that was back in the day when those guys were 
roommates at the U. Ed Reed taking on the Saints this week. We appreciate him calling in, certainly after such short notice, after that overtime win in Houston on Monday Night Football. Thanks to the Worm and Kara Henderson as well. Sarah Yount, Yeoman's work on the other side of the glass with Matt Lathrop, my producer. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Rich Eisen, also on Facebook.com slash Rich Eisen. You can always download this podcast not only on iTunes, but on NFL.com slash Rich Eisen. That is my blog. That's it for this lengthy But I hope uh, you enjoyed this entertaining edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. Stay listening.